Okay, uh, we're joined by our uh, panel now, um, former ministers Noel Dempsey and Pat Rabbit and Terry Pone, the communications clinic. Guys, you're very welcome to the programme. Um, Noel Dempsey, I might just start with you first. Are, are we going to get a government? We will eventually. I'm not sure what it's going to be yet, but... It's going to be a minority government, isn't oh, it? It'll be a bit. Well, uh, Although you're, you know, you're suggesting today that I'm Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil should take it in turns. Yeah, partnership. That's what they want to talk about. A real partnership would be if they each took two and a half years uh, in cabinet, uh, agreed on no confidence votes, not being supported by the other side, and agreed on the fiscal space, to use that terrible phrase that we all uh, were using during the election campaign. Not too many people using it now. And, and instead of rotating Taoiseach, rotate the cabinet. Um, I think it's a reasonable With uh, suggestion. With, With independence. I think it. I, I think... We have started a process here in all of this where uh, future Dáil, future governments are going to be different. I think the electorate have decided that at this stage. I don't see a return to, you know, a 40% uh, support for Fianna Fáil or whatever. So I think into the future we're going to have to negotiate more deals and, and um, I think this is a good place to start. I think the independence okay. that have been used in this process maybe to bring the two parties together need to be kept in it now at this stage. OK, we, we'll come back and talk about that a little bit more. Uh, Pat Rabbit, you must be thrilled at the idea of uh, Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil carving up the cake between them. Not, I presume. Um, well, I, I, I think Noel's proposal has the merit of uh, avoiding, after the eight years that we have been through, uh, an unstable, uncertain, uh, rickety, makeshift minority government. I think it has that advantage. Uh, my weekend got off to a bad start when, when I heard uh, on another broadcaster yesterday the the breathless announcement that Shane Ross was beside his phone all day on Saturday waiting for the Taoiseach to ring him. And, uh, you know, I think it's very thoughtless of the Taoiseach to tie up Shane for the entire of a Saturday because there'd be a lot of clinics to do out there in Dublin, Rattown uh, and uh, so on. Um and, uh, you know, it's time that Fianna Foyle and Fine Gael, uh, decided okay, well, uh, listen, what's just, going to happen. Just in case Shane Ross is feeling too lonely this weekend, we decide to, to give him a ring. Are, are you there, Deputy Ross? I, I am. And thank you for thank you for doing that. You know, substitute for the Taoiseach, Shane, but it's, it's it's nice to talk to the three of you anyway. I can do I can do a reasonable impression of Endicott. No, I won't do that. Um, can we, where where are we at, uh, Shane? I mean, where is the actually more importantly, where is the independent alliance at in terms of Thursday's vote for Taoiseach? Well, I tell you, we we made it quite clear that, that, that we wanted the two leaders to get together in a statement on uh, Friday. Uh, and what Pat's referring to there was waiting for his telephone wasn't totally accurate, but the, the, the leader of uh, Fianna Fáil re- responded to our invitation very quickly and said, yes, he'd meet Andy Kenny. Uh, and Andy Kenny actually responded by saying he would meet everybody uh, again under, under his umbrella. He'd host this, uh, and he would uh, also insist that on the agenda was the, you know, the Grand Coalition, the, the partnership government. That was dropped yesterday, as you know. And uh, and Michael Martin and 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 Kenny have agreed to meet. I think it's probably tomorrow. We're not quite sure, but that's very welcome. That's that's very welcome. We as a we as a group are going to continue now uh, in what we've been doing for the last six weeks, which is in bilateral discussions with Finnafall and Finnegan separately, uh, negotiating a a program uh, which we hope will be concluded. Uh, 
fairly soon. But in, in terms of Thursday's vote, which is, I think, the question you're asking, mm. um, we haven't decided at this stage what way, what way we're going to vote. I, I read in the newspapers today all sorts of stories about which way we are, which is news to me, uh, which included the fact that I think you referred to that, that four of the rural independents were going to go uh, Beholm Martin's way. But we're, 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 we're hoping to be able to conclude uh, very shortly our discussion documents and make them into something firmer. I don't know whether we can or not. We've got a long way to go. But it depends, obviously, on what arrangement uh, Pinafall and Finnegale come to. Okay. Uh, and whether it's acceptable for us, which way we vote. And we, uh, we really haven't decided. Well, you, you are still united. You will be voting on block, re- regardless of which way you vote. Well, at the moment, we've been, you know, we've, we've been united for the last six weeks, and we haven't, we've had internal discussions and disagreements, of course we have, but, but, uh, but we're united behind what we're doing, and we're united behind the principles we stand for, and we're united in the negotiating team. There are no, there are no divisions there at all. The only, the only kind of separation which people got excited about was when our, our group from outside Dublin and Waterford, in other words, uh, Michael Fitzmaurice, Sean Canney, uh, and Boxer Moran separately negotiated a with, on, on rural issues, but that was not a, that was only a matter of okay. expertise and interest. Okay. It wasn't a matter of uh, wasn't a matter of divisions. No. Could you conceivably vote for Michal Martin as as Taoiseach, or at this stage, is it end of Kenny or, or another election? As far as you're concerned, oh no, we've got a completely open mind, and I say that quite genuinely. I genuinely don't know uh, which way. Uh, my colleagues are even leaning from day to day because because we we're negotiating in parallel and we're getting different signals all the time and different concessions and different things being discussed. Okay, well, which impressed you so most, we, Shane? Because I was reading your piece today. You were saying that yeah. government buildings was all very grand. You were getting tea and coffee and even had a hot lunch yeah. served to you, whereas it was much <laughs> more Spartan with with Fianna Fáil. Um, which which side impre- have impressed you most to date? Well, I'm certainly not going to answer that question because I'll be roasted tomorrow morning if I do. But I'll tell you, no, that was that was a reflection of the sort of cultures and the atmosphere in which we were. It was a very, it's a very different thing to be negotiating with some group in opposition and, and a group in government. And what that was a kind of tongue tongue in cheek piece today was saying that you know the grandeur of, of government buildings is something completely new uh, to us. We very rarely go in there, to be to be honest. And it was extraordinary how well looked after we got in there and how we were kind of love bombed by the, the cabinet who was so distant from, from us normally. And then you go into you go into the Fianna Fáil rooms, which are Spartan. You don't get, you don't get coffee on, on tap. There's no wooden panelling around the, around, around the buildings. It's, it's much more kind of workmanlike, get on with it. They didn't give us, they didn't give us lunch every day. Read between the lines. Read between the lines. I got the impression you were kind of more impressed by Fianna Fáil than Fine Gael. I think it was a more, it was a more de business-like uh, arrangement. It was more brash because there were none of the trappings of office. There was none of the obvious trappings there. I don't think it'd be fair to say we were more impressed by anybody than anybody else, but, but the style and the culture, the approach is utterly and totally different, and that's dictated, I suppose, by the environment in, in which they work. Shane, uh, could, could I ask you a question? Because I, 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 I've called in a couple of times during the week in the hope to see you, but you've been tied up in yep. these negotiations. Yep. Um, can I ask you whether it's a Michal Martin-led minority or whether it's an Indikenny-led uh, minority, uh, the question people are asking me on the street is, will it include independence in Cabinet? The, uh, you know, Pat, I thought you might ask me that question. Uh, I don't know the answer to that question. I'm quite simply because we haven't ever discussed it. Maybe it's because it's too delicate an issue to discuss, or maybe it's because it's so fundamental that it'll come at the very, very end. Yeah. But what we'll make, the decision we'll make will be this, and this is absolutely genuine. If we get 
if we get what we're looking for, or substantially what we're looking for, which is really a huge change in mindset in Irish politics, we'll then sit down and we'll say, if we're offered any, or if we are looking for any cabinet seats, is this the best way to implement them? And I mean, you, you, you'd, have a, you'd have a fair uh, insight into this yourself. Is it easier to get, and is it more effective to stand away uh, and say, you do this from outside? In other words, you don't get captured by the kind of cabinet atmosphere, some of which I was referring to there in that article today, and more effective to do it from outside? Or is it better to get inside and actually see things going through on the day-by-day yeah. day yeah. day well, I, th- I think Noel Dempsey, yeah, no, I know what you're saying, uh, but I think Noel Dempsey will, will confirm that, you know, uh, in governments up to now, the, the leader of the party... Uh, will tend to say, well, uh, Noel, you're in and uh, someone else is out and so on. What Mm. would happen in circumstances where there are 8, 12, 15 independents supporting a minority government? Supposing that there were three places in Cabinet for them, who would select them? How would they they be selected? And, uh, I mean, if you selected uh, one Deputy X... Maybe two others might head for the hills in a sulk. Well, that could happen in a party as well, you know. I'm sure you've got experience of that yourself. Uh, I don't think so. We haven't actually, honestly, considered that. We haven't considered even how, how that would work or, or, or the distribution of jobs. We're not kind of obsessed by jobs. Shane, can I, cut in there for, can I cut in there for a second? Yes. I, I, I find it very hard to believe, as, as human beings... That, yeah. you know, and like we're all interested in, in getting a good job. I find it very hard to believe that it has never crossed your mind, that you've never discussed the prospect of, well, mm, would, could I be Minister for the Environment or could I be oh, Minister? Oh, yeah, of course it has. Oh, sorry, sorry. Of course it's crossed my mind. Of course it's crossed everybody's mind. We might even, we might even throw the odd trivial remark at each other about it. Of course we must. No, that, okay. that, that would be... But, but that no would be concrete but there, talks. There's been no discussions of any sort in a meaningful way. Sorry, I didn't mean to... Kind of trying to say pure that that, that we, it hasn't cost you money. Of course, it does. All the time, it's all just in the newspapers all the time. But as we've had in, I'd say we've had a hundred meetings between the the independent alliance. We've had a hundred meetings with formal agenda. We meet every week, several times at the moment. Obviously, it has never been on the agenda. It has never been discussed in any formal way at all. In a in a in a jokey way, we might say, ah, you could be minister of this, that, and the other. But absolutely nothing. nothing okay. Just, just I, I know Noel wants to get in. Just be, before he comes in, and I, I don't have the experience of Noel or, or Pat when it comes to being in government. But I would have thought it's a no-brainer. The answer to your question, I thought if I would have thought if you want to implement change, you have to be in cabinet, and you've got a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity as an independent to be in cabinet. Well, you may you may well be right, Shane. I I, I don't know, but my my experience has been, and I think Pat would agree with this. Uh, that those who have been in a minority in government, say you've got two or three or whatever it is, you do tend to take the blame for things which you didn't do and not the credit for things that you did do. Uh, small small groups in larger governments tend to get drowned. And I, my guess is their zeal and their radical reform and their, their energy gets diluted uh, and that they, they, they lose somehow the kind of the, the spark and the energy and the enthusiasm and the effectiveness which is blunted, my guess is, by the civil service and by the other members in cabinet. And you may be more effective. I don't know the answer to this question, and, and I agree we'll have to face it shortly if, if it comes to that. Um, 
you, you may be blunted. Your enthusiasm your zeal may be blunted, and you, and you may be less effective. I, I don't know. And we'll make a decision, and we may, we'll make a collective decision amongst the six about that if it ever arises. But you know, we want to just get on with with with, with getting this mindset change first, and then we we'll, and then we we'll look at that. It's, it really isn't genuinely about personalities. It's not about ambition or about achievement or about trapping. It's not at this stage at all. It strikes me. Sorry, Noel Dempsey here, Shane. It strikes me as being yeah, very. No very, very strange negotiating position or to spend allegedly 60 hours on negotiations, uh, the independence to do that with no mention at all of whether anybody's going to be in cabinet or not. We are talking about new politics, allegedly, and uh, surely we must be, there must have been some mention that there were cabinet places or that uh, how is this going to be guaranteed? Who's going to keep an eye on, on uh, whoever is in government as the major party to make sure that the policies that are uh, talked about or agreed are being implemented? It, it seems to me the first thing I'd be saying to somebody before I go in negotiating with them is, well, there has to be at least two or three cabinet places. Well, I, it, uh, it hasn't happened. No, like, I hope you're not saying I'm not telling the truth. Because no, I no, but I think it's very uh, naive. Well, it may be naive, and that's, that's the position we come from. We have no experience in this at all. You're, you, 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 you I'm, may be I'm right, available. But, <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe you got, you're free for a consultancy. But you know, the, other thing, <laughs> the other thing I'd say there, Noel, is this. Um, not, we've negotiated for probably more than six years, never mind that, but we've negotiated with Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael uh, on... Uh, for, for for months in 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 fairly in open and in closed sessions, mm. uh, and they have never mentioned, and nobody has ever mentioned to me once, even in one to ones, about a cabinet post, and I don't know that it's ever been mentioned well, from their you, side. I yeah, don't. would you would you be happy to be in a situation where there's a minority Fianna Fáil or Fine Gael uh, government uh, that you're supporting, that you sign up to support? Uh, they have, if it's Fine Gael, they'll have 30 of their 50 members as members of cabinet or ministers of state. Uh, and you're sitting on the sideline or your group are sitting on the sideline looking at them making the decision. Well, the choreography that you just, you know, the, the picture you just painted uh, is not an attractive one. I, I certainly say that to you. It would uh, probably be less attractive, and this isn't yeah. uh, political, it would probably yeah. be less attractive if you had 43 Fianna Fáil <laughs> leading a minority and everybody else sitting on the sideline. I don't see how that would work either. Yeah. Okay. No, well, a single, a single party executive, as you've actually, as you just painted it now, is not a particularly attractive okay. prospect. I would absolutely agree, I would absolutely agree with you agree with about that. But, you know, up to now, there were, there were other groups in it besides ourselves, and there still are. There's still the, the rural TDs, there's Others, other kind of sole trading independents who yeah. have to be considered I'm, the cabinet I'm, I'm, as well. There were the Greens as well. Sh- I'm, Sh- thinking, I'm thinking, sorry, Shane. Uh, yeah, go on, I'm yeah. thinking more of uh, the group of 15 TDs, the Independent Alliance, plus the Rural TDs, plus the one or okay, two yeah. others that okay. are kind of... Sh- Sh- Shane, just stay with us for one moment. I, just, I do want to bring in... Ter- yeah. I, uh, one more question I want to ask you before we let you go, yeah. but I do want to bring in Terry Prone, who's been sitting here very patiently. Terry, you were saying to me b- before the programme how you're enjoying every moment of this uh, intrigue and you're following it. You're absolutely glued to it. I'm bored stupid by it, <laughs> is what I actually told you. Um, Shane, uh, you got a, a document, as I understand it, 125 pages from yeah. Fine Gael. What have you got so far from Fianna Fáil? We've got another document from them which is, which is actually shorter but it's still it's fairly shorter? comprehensive. I think it's down, it's about, it's about, about half the size. 
Uh, I don't know yes. exactly because the pages are different lengths and different sizes. Yeah, it's less. <laughs> it's still pretty. It's still pretty thick. Uh, but it's. Um, but but both of them contain are fairly comprehensive. We've got on the Finnegale one. We've got a. I think it's 16, 16, it's under 16 headings, and I think there probably ought to be a few more, uh, which, is, which looks rather more like a program for government. Uh, our own documents, which, are, which is a charter for change, is obviously a great deal shorter, shorter than that again, because we're not producing a kind of manifesto as such. But in it, it's, it's very, very comprehensive. But both of them are, are, are fairly visionary. But the, but the point about the, the Fine Gael one, it kind of reflects the depth of the discussions we've have, had, some would say, you know, they've, they've been, there's been an awful lot of waffle in there, so, uh, and the Finnefold one is it's much more direct and matter-of-fact and addresses the issues more directly. So there's a difference of style, again, for, from the two of them, but they, they come under similar type headings when you, when you get down to it. Okay. Um, Shane, two, two last questions before we let you go. Ender Kenny, is he a stumbling... Some suggestions in the paper say, not with your group, but with the other um, mm. independent TDs, that he may be a stumbling block to progress. As far as you're concerned, any difficulty, any issue about Ender Kenny? Well, I think the issue... The issue, the difficulty we have is, is obviously with, with, with both leaders, but, and that's, they both come with the package that, they, that they're offering, um, and we have to take them as with the package that's being offering. They, you know, we, we have a difficulty, obviously, with, with, with the whole process, but we did campaign, um, I suppose, to get the government out of office. So it's, we'd, we'd have to see a huge reversal in their attitude and in their stance if, if, they were going to, if we were going to support them. And that's what we're actually struggling to, to do. And both of them are, by the way, are making very, very loud noises about U-turns and changes in and mind shift and new politics. If we're convinced of that, I suppose we, 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 would, we would consider voting for either. But there, there are huge difficulties about voting for Fianna Fáil or Fine Gael regardless of the leader because of their past history and for the fact, fact that they've been so similar and uh, we have similar difficulties about both parties. Yeah. If you don't vote for anyone and if the independents don't vote for anyone again on Thursday and you have, what is it, 51 for Ender Kenny, 43 for Micheál Martin, well then, Ender Kenny in every will have to seek the dissolution of the doll. Now, it, it may be denied to him by the President but wouldn't, be an awful, wouldn't it be an awful lot simpler if you made your minds up before Thursday and actually got off the fence and, and voted one way or another by Thursday. But, you know, if they'd started talking 42 days ago, we would then have a, an arrangement or not, or not between Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael from minority, from minority government, and we'd be able to see what that arrangement was and be able to make a decision which way to vote. Uh, we'd love to vote by Thursday. We'd love to get this process going, and we, we still intend uh, to get it done by by Thursday, but it will depend upon seeing the arrangement uh, and the agreements which which they produce. And if they can produce that by thir- by Thursday, we'd be able to presumably we'd be in a much better position to make a decision. We can't. So it's possible. Possibly, it's possible we could have a government on Thursday. Is it? It is possible. Oh, yeah, it is. I mean, I think it's. And that would have to involve whether it's whether it's Shane Ross or Michael Fitzmaurice or Dennis Nocklin. That would have to involve independent sitting at cabinet. I, I, I'm not saying that at all. I, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm saying that though it can't, it can't, see, well, it can't happen any other way, can it? You can, you can, you can, say, you can say that, or you, you can not say that. But I, I'm not. Put, we're not putting down any red line issues, any preconditions at, at this stage. It's so important that we get something stable. We don't say anything foolish, which will hang us on a hook or, or cause a, a, a public spat, the type of which we've got at the moment. But is there not a danger, Shane, that you yeah. could spend another couple of weeks uh, working at the nuts and bolts, uh, like you've described? and then get around to the question of whether or not there is any independent in Cabinet. 
And it could break down on that issue accidentally. We could have a general election because it has only come up at the 12th hour and it seems or is seemed to be uh, unreasonable at that time. I don't see any danger of that at all. We've made up our minds about things. We have never delayed this process. We, the, the guys from, from the country here have been available at a moment's notice. They were available yesterday at a moment's notice to drive anywhere in the country to make decisions, to meet Andy Kenny, uh, and, to, and, to, and to speed up this process. And we're, we are not going to delay. We won't be found wanting in making decisions and making decisions quickly in the, in the in interest of a stable and responsible and radical government. No, I don't think there is. We will consider that. and we'll, I'm sure we'll be able to come to a, okay. a pretty fast decision on the basis of what they offer to us in, in terms of minority, uh, the agreement which they reach. No, okay. we'll, we'll reach a decision on that quickly. All right. Um, Shane Ross, thanks a lot for your time. Will you, will you promise us if, if you are a minister by this time Sunday, next Sunday, you'll, you'll take a call from us? I'm not making any promises to anybody <laughs> on any basis whatsoever. No. All right. <laughs> but thank you. All thank right, you for having me. Okay. Having me. Good talking to you. On, I'll come on if I can. Of yeah, all right. Thanks for your time. All right. Uh, Shane all Ross right. there. Uh, Terry Prone, what did you make of all that? I It followed uh, Shane Ross's column in today's Sunday Independent, which spends an inordinate amount of time getting stroppy, uh, not about coffee and biscuits this time, but about the punctuality of the ministers arriving at a particular meeting. And the same thing happened in the last 10 minutes when you and Pat and Noel were asking questions. First of all, you didn't get a direct answer to the question, would you vote on block? Because the answer is they're incapable of voting on block. That's the reality of it. But secondly, every time it came to an issue of the uh, documents, the proposals from Fianna Fáil or from Fine Gael, Shane Ross went from content, from substance to shadow and style. Think about what he said. He seems to prefer Fianna Fáil's direct style rather than the details in the 125 page document that he and his people negotiated with Fine Gael, that would worry me. Uh, the second thing that would worry me is that as somebody who trains people in negotiation, uh, one of the, the prerequisites when you're in a negotiation is that you don't come out and spew the trivia of the negotiation in a newspaper uh, all of the time and that's what hap- what is happening. I think that if, for example, a sensible rural TD like Boxer Moore were the spokesperson for the Independent Alliance, you wouldn't have this problem. You would also have seen a great deal more progress. Mm. Um, Pat Rabbit, just listening to Shane Ross, I mean, is it possible it could be Micheál Martin rather than Enda Kenny that is the, the choice of the independence? Because it actually doesn't really matter whether or not the main government party has 43 seats or 50, or 50 seats because it's going to need the other big party propping them up anyway. It is, but I think the long-standing parliamentary, uh, the long-standing parliamentary convention is that whoever has the more seats, you know, and uh, if uh, if Indikini has seven or eight more, then you know I think it makes it that much easier. I don't think it makes it easy at all, and I don't understand how it's going to work. And I have great doubt. I mean, I don't think it's the budget that's the issue. I think that a few of us could sit down now mm. and agree the broad parameters of the budget. That events, dear boy, events, is it? Yeah, it's events that will intervene, the, the things that happen and that will send the independents scattering in three different <coughs> directions unless it's really tied down. 
And uh, in, in that sense, I think the, uh, the, the man in possession who is Taoiseach and has seven or eight votes more, uh, I, I think uh, that, that he is probably uh, more in line if what we are going for is a minority government of this type than uh, a government that can be constructed okay. around Micheál Martin. Yeah, the, the only thing about just that, briefly, Jones, no, if we, it we is, do need to take a break. We'll go on. Yeah, yeah, but just if, if it is a minority government, uh, presumably the next three or four days, Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael are going to be drawing up some kind of a document that's going to say these are the conditions under which we are going to involve ourselves in a minority government. Uh, irrespective of which party it is. So the independents are peripheral to that at the end of the whole thing, as long as if Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael, depending on who's leading up the government, as long as they stick to their agreement, then if there are independents involved and they decide to walk at some stage, it makes no difference. Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael have the... Okay, welcome back to the Sunday Show. Noel Dempsey, Pat Rabbit and Terry Prone are still with us. Uh, Terry was asking a very interesting question uh, during the break. We were just chatting here, saying, is an election still likely? Uh, Pat Rabbit, uh, do you think it is? I, I don't think any of the TDs want an election and therefore something will be put together. Its durability, I think, is open to question. And it seems to me that whether it is Fianna Fáil underwriting uh, an agreement uh, with uh, Fine Gael as the, the, the leader of the minority government or vice versa, uh, I think it's a very uncomfortable position because I think Sinn Féin will hold their toes to the fire and uh, uh, talk of Doyle reform is all very well. But if you're going to give uh, the possibility for more windbagging to uh, the AAA and their fellow travellers, it'll add about two and a half hours to each day's work and um, very little to the quality of legislation. And it'll be a very uncomfortable position for the party that's underpinning uh, the structure of government. Mm. Um, Noel Dempsey, uh, it, it, this strikes me actually just... just Known the pol- kind of politician you were, this strikes me as the kind of thing that would really interest you if you were in politics at the moment, the idea <laughs> of working in this kind of government. Because you were always talking about new solutions and different ways of doing government and different electoral systems yeah. and so on. I, it is fascinating uh, because the electorate have decided, you know, Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael, almost on par, third party. Uh, I have no doubt um, next election it'll be Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael, Sinn Féin and Labour will be back up uh, into the mid-teens or maybe a little bit more so you've got to have three or four parties within Just 10 right. or 15 votes uh, so I think this is the beginning of something different um, and I think that uh, the politicians better get used to it I think the politicians better start thinking differently um, and do, do you understand when the likes I mean uh, Ronan Fanning had an instant piece in the Sunday you know, t- in the pen today Owen Harris saying the same thing effectively the idea of leaving Sinn Féin on their own in the opposition benches would be disastrous for Fianna Fáil do you as a, as I, a don't, I, don't, I don't agree with that at all I think the two the two parties have this fixation about that I accept that they have this fixation but five years of good government in whatever form, whether it's the form I'm propo- proposing in, in the Sunday Business Post today or the minority-led, whatever, five years of good government swipes the ground from under the kind of street politics, anti-everything politics that Sinn Féin pursues a lot of the time. I tend to, agree with, Noel. Uh, I tend to agree with Noel because uh, I think this was a very disappointing election for Sinn Féin 
You couldn't imagine more propitious circumstances. The Labour Party having been in government for five of the worst years that we've ever experienced and they slipped back in terms of percentage of the popular vote. And from, from the local elections? Uh, yes, yeah, from yeah. The, from, uh, and from the presidential election, okay. uh, marginally. I mean, uh, the, the wind under their wings has been austerity. And if, as Noel said, you had five years of good government... Uh, I, I think there's a ceiling on the Sinn Féin expectation and I think the notion that we should uh, 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 railroad together some kind, uh, cobble together some kind of government uh, to avoid Sinn Féin in opposition I don't think is a very compelling argument. Terry, as a, as a non-politician do you agree with that? I, I just wonder are we, in a, are we in an era now where regardless of who's in government that they'll get, they'll get beaten around by the electorate the next time round? Well, very probably led by people like you in media. Um, uh, I this hope tends not. to happen. Um, well, when you have a situation where contempt is the currency, and that mm. is the fact in media at the moment, contempt is the currency when we're dealing with politicians. They're all idiots, they're all spurious, they're all duplicitous, they're all this, uh, that, and the other. Some of us in the media have respect for politics and politicians. Uh, that and what is they true, do. but you're in such a sainted minority. Um, the fact is that here, here. Um, <laughs> there is a myth. And there was a myth current during the election that Sinn Féin was going to break out and explode and take over the entire left. It didn't do that. Uh, Secondly, the fact is that there has always been an almost ring-fenced number of seats in the Holeren for the left, whatever we call them. Sometimes they are more left than other. But even if Sinn Féin were to further cannibalise the Labour Party, it wouldn't turn them into a major force uh, crushing Fianna Fáil at the next election. They would get that sector of votes. And if, as Noel predicts, the uh, Labour Party recovers, then they wouldn't do as well as the myth would suggest. And I think the other thing about this is um, the the major parties, the Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil, there's, there's more of a group that want to support the centre than either extreme. If they reconnect a little bit more with their voters, the reason why uh, an awful lot of the smaller groups and indeed the independents for a different reason are gaining uh, credence is people are voting against Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael because they're not reflecting their views. They're not. It, it, rural Ireland is up in arms because uh, they, they think that the major parties are not reflecting their views. And uh, what those major parties have is a responsibility to start reconnecting, to start going back in. I mean, I heard somebody yesterday from Sinn Féin talking about being out canvassing and everything else. That's what Fianna Fáil started at. They went into every nook and cranny of every town. But over the period I was in government uh, and and a period longer than that, Fianna Fáil seemed to have withdrawn out of certain areas. I will leave that, you know, and go for the easier vote. So they have to reconnect if they're going to. Going back to the word choreography and Mm. picking up Pat's point about um, Sinn Féin holding Fianna Fáil's toes to the fire in a minority government scenario. Uh, That's what puzzles me as an outsider uh, looking at Fianna Fáil's options. I would have thought that if you know you're going to get your toes held to the fire, it would be a hell of a lot better to be within a partnership government uh, whether of the uh, Fine Fine Gael proposal or Noel Dempsey's uh, more uh, 
mobile proposal, um, as opposed to being supportive and yet not able to attack the government in the way that Shin... I, I just cannot see the benefit to Fianna Fáil in supporting a minority government. I see even less relevance to uh, Fine Gael, mm. if it were a Fianna Fáil-led well, I, I can't understand, and I've heard, I mean, Fianna Fáil, and talking about the media earlier on, Fianna Fáil have been castigated for actually trying to stick with our commitment that they made all through the election campaign. I mean, there is an irony about that. If, the, the, if, if they broke is. that, the media would be killing them for killing breaking them. their well, election I, promises. I, I just laughed the other morning uh, when the news broke that Michal Martin was uh, going to talk to Andy Kenny, the first meeting and so on. I heard the first few uh, radio programmes after that where Fianna Fáil or Fine Gael people were being uh, interviewed. And the first thing that was done was... You know, you can't you can't really be serious. Listen to <laughs> what you said during mm. the election and the play of the tape of uh, Andy Kenny saying, you know, never uh, these fellas destroyed the country. The the play Michal Martin saying, no, we'll never have, it. you know, aren't you going back on all of this now? I mean, that's really mm. cynical. Type. See, politicians aren't entirely devoid of grey matter. Uh, <laughs> <and> <laughs> you know, uh, the kind of interviewer who sets out on an interview to beat the minister. Mm. Can, can I beat the politician? Can I catch him out? Yeah. Or whatever. Like, th- it is the fashion in some places at the moment. But what does it achieve? Because uh, good and all, as some of the interviewers are, and it's obvious if they were in government, the country would be in a better place. But <laughs> they're not for the moment. But the notion that they can easily, uh, you, you know, uh, brush aside the politician, uh, you know, and show him to be. I mean, if you can catch out a minister in the morning uh, on on some particular point that's made major but is mm. in fact very minor. Because there it's is a good a need, day. There is a need to hold ministers to oh, account shit, and ask the on. difficult Holding questions. Holding ministers to account and asking the difficult questions a moron could do. What Pat <laughs> Rabbit is talking about here and for once he is right is the Only gotcha moment. The gotcha moment yeah. that where a journalist or broadcaster, not present company, who knows damn all about the depths, the layered depths of politics and administration and what is actually possible, gets a minister on some th- word that's used wrong or something like that and almost celebrates in studio like a boxer having done a knockout. It is a nonsense, but it is a reality and it is gravely affecting the context within which governments are formed. Okay. They, they, no, the, the election gone past. I mean, every time Michal Martin or Enda Kenny or anybody else was interviewed, they were asked the question, will you go into power with, yeah. you know, and, and they were chased and chased. From a tactical point of view, a politician doesn't want to answer that question. They want to leave all the options open. Yep. But the media want to get, oh, no, we're not going in there. And then they hang it around people's neck afterwards. Okay. Like right. politicians, next time or next election round, they should say, I'm not answering that question. Okay. Noel Dancy has a lot of prejudices about media, <laughs> but some of them are accurate. Okay. You're it's listening. Not a prejudice then. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to The Sunday Show presented by Noel Dempsey, Pat Rabbit and Terry Prone. We'll be back in a moment. Now, our, our panel of uh, Noel Dempsey, Pat Rabbit and Terry Prone are still with us. Uh, Terry, you were very exercised and very interested in a, in a fast, it is a fascinating story uh, across the water and the story of the Archbishop of Canterbury Mm -mm. learning that 
his the, the man he, who he presumed was his father was not his father. His father was, in fact, um, Churchill's private secretary. Now, on the one hand, you're sort of tempted to say, oh, you know, so what? Uh, but it is particularly interesting because not that many years ago, he couldn't have been Archbishop of Canterbury. That's right. Until relatively recently, the the rule was that if you were born out of wedlock, you could not become an Archbishop. And I think that there was a Which a is more than a little ironic, in, given, in given the origins of the Church of England, <laughs> exactly. isn't it? But what's fascinating about this story, and this is a Daily Telegraph story. Fascinating, first of all, that it is a Daily Telegraph story, because they are so to the right of Attila the Hun that for them to decide this is worth going after is interesting. What happened is that um, Justin Welby is the Archbishop of Canterbury and a very decent Archbishop of Canterbury he is. There mm. would be general consensus about this. Except that all the time along since he uh, did this ceremonial knocking on the doors of the cathedral, pictures have circulated which have caused interest in a number of the upper classes in Britain who have said Dear God, he looks the living spit of Sir Anthony Montague uh, Brown, who was Churchill's secretary and who was known in, shall we say, sexual activity terms to be uh, enthusiastic. And so many people were saying the Archbishop has to be your man's son. Eventually, uh, a number of things happened. First of all, somebody went to Anthony Montague Brown in the old folks' home where he was living two years ago and showed him the pictures. And what's fascinating is that the person, the nephew who was bringing the pictures, then broke into French in order that the other old folks in the home would not hear this and suggested in French, and I won't do French, um, that this was an incredible likeness. And the answer was, no, it's a credible likeness. In other words, Sir Anthony was saying, this man is my son. It was then investigated and it was discovered that this man's mother... um, Lady Williams of Elwell. She is. And she is still alive and issued a very dignified and informative I love her line. She, She confirmed she had a liaison. A very brief liaison, as in possibly just the once. But before that, she said it came as a great shock. Yes, because this is fascinating, but it's not it's not even unbelievable. This woman at the time was drinking herself to death. She had a serious alcohol problem. She is a recovering alcoholic these 50 years. However, at the time she was drinking like a fish. And it seems as if the week before she married, the man she married, she had a quick bonk with this man, Sir Anthony. And she then (laughs) assumed that she was honeymoon pregnant, as did everybody else. And when you're a toddler who looks at you and says you look like Sir Anthony, (laughs) it's only as he moved. But she then moved away from motherhood. Uh, His father, as with inverted commas, a Jewish man named Welby, took over the raising of him and the raising of the Archbishop was horrific. His father was an alcoholic, his mother was absent and yet out of that situation came a calm, dignified man who found God and eventually became an Archbishop. And he was quite proud of the fact that he was the first Archbishop of Canterbury with Jewish blood in him. And that claim has now been taken from him and replaced by the first Archbishop of Canterbury born out of wedlock. Extraordinary story and uh, quite a shock, you would imagine, to all concerned. Um, 
Pat Rabbit what we won't. should have asked Shane Ross about that <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Pat Rabbit what won't come as a shock is that uh, Alan Kelly is on the, the front page of the uh, the Sunday papers uh, today <clears throat> um, what, what's your view on the, the Labour leadership would you like to see um, Alan Kelly as leader or would you prefer Brendan Howland or would you prefer Joan Burton to stay on um, I, uh, John Burton isn't going to stay. I, I think, think you, from, from it's inevitable right. you're going to have a new leader of the Labour Party and I don't think that I should uh, offer advice as to uh, who that should be. I mean, uh, clearly Howland's stature has greatly risen during his time in a very difficult ministry uh, and so on. Um, but um, like Kelly's stature during a very difficult ministry. Well, I mean, it, it, it is interesting going back to what we were saying about uh, the coverage of politics. That uh, if you betray any element of uh, personality or uh, uh, deviance from the norm, uh, you attract an awful lot of attention. Uh, I, I don't know how big that story is. I would have thought that what Alan Kelly. Uh, was uh, meeting the company about is the construction of social housing. Mm. Uh, uh, the fact of the matter is we're doing an awful lot of talking and there's a coverage in that item about the clearing house and all the rest. My understanding is that the clearing house for some nine months now is dealing with a number <coughs> of different proposals from the private sector to okay. construct social housing and absolutely nothing has happened mm. and nothing is happened and no tenderers okay. have been chosen and uh, we right. have a housing crisis. Okay, uh, listen, we're out of time. Noel Dempsey, <coughs> in a word, very, very briefly, a Fianna Fáil right to look for the um, abolition of Irish water and the suspension of water charges in your view? No. Okay, that's a quick word. We'll come back to you on that uh, another time. Uh, my thanks to uh, to Noel Dempsey, uh, Pat Rabbit, and uh, Terry Prone. Uh, we'll be back in a moment on the Sunday show.